It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello, everyone. I know you're going to love today's conversation with my friend Lawrence Jones. He is just the best. Many of you have seen Lawrence on Fox and Friends, of course, and as a correspondent for many of our shows on Fox. He's so great when he heads out on the road to talk to people in their communities to find out what is on their minds. Lawrence also hosts his own show, Cross Country, on the weekend, which viewers are really enjoying. He is one of my favorite people here at Fox, and I'm proud to say he let me in on a little secret project he's been working on during our podcast. So breaking news there. Sit back and enjoy my fabulous conversation with the one and only Lawrence Jones. Lawrence Jones, you made the Dean's List. I made the Dean's List. You know, I I would... I would say that I was a good student. I was a nice student. But I think I wasn't that's more student, important, actually. Right. I wasn't the student that hit the dean's list. So <laughs> I, I can put this on my resume Oh, now? yes, okay. you can. Right. And at some point, we're going to get some form of um, appreciation, like a sticker or yep. uh, like a, a little award. So I'll make sure that you get that because you're just a couple of I, offices I want down. mine first. You know, <laughs> do not let kill me. I know he's your favorite. You know, Janice Dean's, the dean's list does have her favorites. And I'm trying to make my way into the top 10, so... You are. You're there, (laughs) definitely. So how are you? I'm good. I'm good just traveling the country. Uh, It it feels good to have a story that's, um, you know, to be able to sit down with you and talk about something positive because it's just been, you know, America in crisis every week for me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's why I kind of like to... In between the bad stuff, we bring the sunshine. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? How do you report on the bad stuff and try to, you know, bring the sunshine? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Recently, I've tried to reconnect with my faith because I, I, I found that it's the only thing that has kind of sustained me through you know, covering kids that have been murdered and, you know, crisis in our education system and, you know, people in East Palestine, that water is um, not clean for them or Jacksonville, Mississippi. So I, th- there's only so many depressing stories that you can cover. And I don't care how strong you in, it starts to take a toll on you. Yes. And so, you know, after, you know, trying to hang out with friends and, you know, go do fun events, I realized that none of it was helping me as I was covering these stories. And I don't complain about them because I feel like God also placed me on earth to do this work. But the human side of you says, okay, this is taking a toll on my heart, even though I'm trying to hold it together for them and be strong for them and talk about their stories. So I've, I've, I've tried, you know, I'm a preacher's kid. I've tried to reconnect with my faith and separate uh, not wanting to go to the physical church with connecting with God myself and reading and finding inspiration there. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, I mean, you know, my mom got pregnant with me at 16 and my dad married her immediately and they just celebrated 30 years of marriage. But, you know, it was um, (laughs) our household was tough. 
Um, you know, we were poor, but my dad had high expectations, was not a, a guy that tolerated any excuses um, and required excellence in all aspects of our life, whether we were playing sports or academically, um, dealing with people. My my parents already pushed me to the forefront to talk and all that. So I think that's kind of how I ended up in this business because I never had an intention. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, so I think if if I could, you know, put it in a box, my parents had a lot of love, but also very small patience for mediocrity. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, you know, uh, I you hear know, that, you know, they, they, they didn't play any type of games, but I, I think it worked for me and my, and my siblings. And uh, I don't think I would be at Fox today as much as I criticize my parents at times growing up now that I'm an adult and I'm trying to, you know, do this thing called life. I appreciate what they what they did for me and my siblings. And just that's a wonderful thing that your parents are still together. Mm -hmm. And I feel that too, you know, um, my parents were together, even though I feel like they probably shouldn't have, but they did it for the kids. Yeah. Same. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then, but my parents eventually did divorce, but Mm -hmm. I am grateful that they wanted to try to make it work for us to have a family unit. Do you know what I'm saying? No, you're so right. I, I, JD, I was so convinced that after all the kids got out of the house that my parents were going to d- divorce. Yes. But I think what they realized is that they wouldn't know how to date if they tried. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my siblings are so close yeah. that it would be hard for them to try to like, you know, manage bringing us to different households. So I, I, I think after 30 years I think they, I mean, they, they've been together since my mom was in the sixth grade. Wow. So they don't know anything else. And so they said, okay, we got to make this thing work. So they're going on dates and everything. My dad's a truck driver. My mom decided that she was going to travel across the country with my dad as he did the truck driving after all the kids left the house. My dad just, he wasn't a truck driver when we were growing up. Right. He made the decision once all the kids left that he was going to go to school to be a truck driver. Okay. So my dad, my mom gets in the car with him. That lasted about a month. <laughs> she was like, you know what? These truck stops, I can't do it. It's not the most sanitary thing. We're going to kill each other. So that ended. <laughs> yeah. Is she a strong personality, your mom? You know, my mom... She is so she's sweet, mm. but she, as I say, she has that Scorpio energy of <laughs> firmness as well. And then you have my dad as well, who's extremely quiet, mm-hmm. but when he strikes, he strikes. So it's you know it's interesting watching them navigate this thing, this this life, their life now beyond the kids. Um, but we're, I think that what they've learned is that. Their life was all always centered around us, mm-hmm. and it continues to be centered around us. It's part of the reason why I moved back home to Texas is because that really mattered to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, being in New York, no disrespect to the city, but I find it to be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And I find the, the life and the lifestyle of New York to be very, uh, you know, it, it's what's, aven- you know, what what others can take advantage of and what's, you know, I know important. exactly. And what so you mean. I, I, I did not want that. And I didn't want to turn into that guy. And JD, you know, this, like so many people in media, they come in one way 
and they leave another, mm-hmm. and it really changes people. And I didn't want to be that guy, so I moved back home. Good for you. And you really are. Listen, there's a reason why Fox, Fox and Friends works, and we've been together so long, mm-hmm. is because the people that you see on TV are really the people that yeah, that's really are real. in life. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. I think that's the sort of the secret sauce yeah. at Fox is a lot of us aren't like you see us on TV, but if you met us on the street, we're the kind of the same people, yeah. right? I mean, that... I, I, th- I think when you say secret sauce, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Also, I think so many of us come from so many different backgrounds as well. A lot of us, it would be hard to put on this act. Mm. Like, I, just me personally, J.D., I'm so damn country. <laughs> like, I've, I, I say ain'ts and, you know, I misspell. But I love you know, that. Yeah. That's what I say to Dagan McDowell. <laughs> I love that she yeah. brings that. Yeah, you Some know. people are like, they take it away. Right. Right? And, you know, honestly... And I tell this story to people sometimes is people in the industry tried to change that. Yes. And they did not like the way I speak. I spoke and would really criticize it. And Fox never tried to change it. Yeah. Never. The executives, they always said, be you. And you got to, I just turned 30, but I started here you know, appearing on Fox when I was 20. So I've grown at Fox throughout the time. Like, J.D., you've seen my weight loss, like, when I lost 70 pounds and, like, my baby fat years and, you know, my dating sagas. And, you know, it's like <laughs> I've grown with the network. And it Fox is really a place that, that you can grow. Yes. Um, and we've had different phases of Fox as well. And our audience is is so resilient is that they follow you mm-hmm. with that 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 journey and I so often I you know when I see you guys in the morning I always say good morning family yes and one day you know everywhere I go people ask me why do you do that like we love what you do but why do you do it? because I, we are a family so yep. I was like you know good morning fam that's 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 how I always address I love our it. people yes. you know it's true because it's not just you're addressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ainsley, Steve, Bryan, right. you're the addressing audience. the audience, mm-hmm. and the, and I think the audience can see that too. They're not dumb; mm-hmm. they can tell when you are not the person you claim you are. It's so true. Every time I meet someone at like an airport or an event that I'm speaking to, they go, "I'm a big fan," and I go, "Look, I don't do fans; we're fam." And I go, they go, "Oh, that's what you mean." But I'm like, "Yeah, family. That's how no fans." Family, because when they say fan, it's like um, they put you on a pedestal. Right. And I'm like, I I'm gonna tell it. you right now, I'm a fail, so I don't want you to even put me up there. So <laughs> if we're family, you're ride with me through my highs and lows, That's right. right? Yeah. And I ride with you. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. So 10 years, <laughs> when did what happened? How, when did, how did you get here? So I was in um, college. It was my soft, junior year in college. And um, I had a radio show on another network, small network. And uh, Lauren Pedersen was listening to my Saturday radio show and gave me the opportunity to be on Fox and Friends Mm -hmm. weekend. And then after that, she put me on a weekday. And then all of a sudden, I started getting booked around 
the network. And at the time, Lauren was just a producer at the time. And after that, somehow I end up getting signed by the network at one period of time. And then Sean Hannity found me. Mm. And you know Sean. Um, he is one. <laughs> I asked him the other day because I'm interviewing him. I'm writing a book finally. And yes! I was interviewing him for, for, you know, for the book. And Sean is like a second father to, for me. Um, and he, he said, look, I, I just want to have a conversation with you about just life and things that I want you to avoid. Okay. So he invites me in his office and he goes, you know, Lawrence, be careful with the girls. That's what, that was the first one. Uh, remember your mom, the preacher, and your dad, the truck driver, and stay humble. And, you know, he just wanted to not want me. He, he didn't want me to fall prey to what was happening in New York. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he goes, I think you should come work for me. And I go, nope. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I told him no. Um, and he goes, <laughs> he laughs, and he goes, why? I said, well, at the time, I'm like, I'm a libertarian. You're more of a strong conservative Republican, <laughs> even though I have conservative leanings. There's certain things that I just got to do what I do, yes. you know? And yeah. he goes, well, just keep doing that. I go, I don't know. He goes, I tell you what, let's try this for two weeks. Okay. Uh, I want you to be my man on the street. And I want you to travel all across the country and you just be you. I said, all right. So I had another job at the time. So I was managing both jobs and he kept true to his word. And he goes, LJ, come back to my office. He goes, look, <laughs> If you do this for two years, I guarantee you, you're going to have your own show. And I can't believe it. It was actually true. Wow. Like, and, you know, he didn't know what was working, but he just had an eye for it. And he goes, and I asked him recently when I was writing my book about manhood, like, um, Sean, why did you do that? Because I, you know, you didn't know me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have this personal connection with you. It was not, it didn't give you some sort of advantage. You never have leveraged that over me. And he goes, dude, I just saw it immediately and I wanted to be a part. And he goes, so many people in the industry, they, you know, they smack young people down and, you know, they don't want to develop young talent and all that type of stuff. And he goes, I wanted to be a part of that. And he goes, I love you like my son. He always says, I love you like like Patrick. I love you like Patrick. Uh, so he's, he's been great to me. Well, but right back to you, I feel like I look back on the trajectory of my career. And even mm-hmm. though you have to, when you're in the boss's office, you have to prove that you can do the job. That's right. I think they know right away. Do I like this person? Does this person feel like a real person to me? Yeah. You know? Um, and every job that I've ever gotten, it really hasn't been about the resume. It's been about someone trying to help out because they saw something in me. Um, you know, getting in the door here at Fox was a, a makeup artist that also worked at Fox but worked at a local mm-hmm. uh, station. And she said, I'll bring your tape over. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like the world works like that. Yeah. You know, and if you're a good person and you're kind to others, I feel like that you get that back. Certain things are just divine in my, in I my opinion. Like yes. it's like, you know, if you're a good person then you're placed in positions where that connection happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to give people the impression uh, that with Fox is all about who, you know, because it can be someone that is, on our custodial staff, absolutely. That that, that yes. you meet that makes a connection, of course, with you. And I mean, I I think that is part of the appeal of Fox, and why we're able to go into Middle America and, and and talk to many people that feel like they're forgotten or feel like they've been talk they've been talked down to. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, 
is because that's how the employment process um, goes on. I, I tell you what, Suzanne, um, our CEO, one of the connections that we had when I first met her is that both of our fathers are truck drivers. Mm. And one of her first questions weren't, wasn't like, what do you believe on this? this? She goes, what are the truck drivers saying about Fox? Wow. And it's so I found it so fascinating because that she knew that the truck drivers are listening to Fox because yeah. they are listening to Fox. Right. If I want to know something that's happening on the Grand Life, my pops like, what are the truck drivers saying? <laughs> and she's so right because they they give so much feedback that the typical person wouldn't give. But that shows you how intentional she is about this network, that she wants to know what the truck drivers think about yeah. our network and what stories they find fascinating and important. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's how this operation is, is is run. And honestly, although, and Janice, you've been doing the morning shift way longer than I have. <laughs> but it makes it worthwhile getting up to do that morning shift if you know who you're serving. That's right. And I think that's the important part. I hate that this country does talk down to people. It's mm-hmm. gotten worse. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like Trump or not, that's that shouldn't be the question. It's, you know— Putting people in a box because mm-hmm. they've checked off a box. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes me really angry. I think, Janice, um, if if I, I if I can say, I think that's one of the things that really pulled you out of just de- delivering the weather. Is because when you put people in a box, then you stop caring about them as people. That's right. And what happened during the nursing home is it, it, it really is tragic twofold. It shows you that they did not care about our elderly mm. because they were a part of that box. That's right. That their time had been spent and they were already in the eyes of government on their way out. And so there was a lack of importance there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think during that period of time, it's, obviously you were affected by it deeply you know, personally from a family member, but I, I think it exposed, and, and I think it was the arrogance of Chris Cuomo to say, oh, she's just a weather woman mm-hmm. because that's the box. That's right. You were just supposed to deliver, not saying- That's my lane. That's your lane. Yeah. And you got out of your lane. Right. Even though, and I tell people all this time, it's like, they try to ask you, you know, well, what are you? What what, what do you stand for? What What is it? What there's a, there's plenty of lanes <laughs> yes. for me. If you try to box me in, you're yeah. going to be disappointed because I got sports there. Sometimes I want to wear a suit. Sometimes I want to wear my Jordan. Sometimes I want to have my cowboy boots on. Yes. Stop boxing people yes. in and stop making them think, what is your identity? Who do they sleep with? Who? Do, I mean, yeah. no one cares. Mm-hmm. People care about what they are experiencing, who they're connected with. We're not just one lane people. That is right. We are more complicated than mm-hmm. that. And I, I honestly, JD, I really feel like that's where we went wrong as a country. And I think, you know, I know there's a movement for all these check boxes and all these identities and all this, but I think there's a growing frustration with a lot of Americans over it because I think deep down in our core, we love everyone. And we don't want to be boxed in. That's true. You know, that's just my thoughts. And I was just thinking, you know, 
COVID really literally boxed us up. Yeah. And and that had a problem yeah. because we were seeing what was going on outside of the literal box that we've been locked in yeah. and getting angry at it. Yeah. Right? So the, 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 that's such a good point because from a psychological standpoint, we had that boxing in. And yes. then COVID, we yeah. were physically boxed yes. in. Yes. What they did not anticipate is when you physically – box us in, we start to consume information much more <laughs> in a different way Yeah, because we had nothing to do. We couldn't right. go anywhere. <laughs> that's right. So we start looking at everything. We start yeah. looking at education, government, yes. you know, and, 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 and we wanted out of that box and we had some work to do when we got out of that box. Yes. And so in a way, obviously COVID did a lot of damage and keeping us isolated did a lot of damage. But there was also a good because all of us that may have been asleep at the wheel, yes. oh, we awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're awake. We and are. we see everything, and we're ready to go. <laughs> we're ready to go. And let me tell you, the amount of allies that I've seen across party lines mm. of people that are just fed up with the system mm-hmm. and the man, mm-hmm. uh, I think people should be worried. I, I understand that on TV, you see a lot of the partisanship from the politicians I don't think the American people are, are, are like that as much. Um, I, 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 and maybe it's because you, if you're watching us in the morning, you'll see me in middle America in the morning. And at night, you can see me on the south side of Chicago. So I'm watching the poor working class, um, uh, way most people may say, a middle America, white Americans, and the poor working class. And Black America, they agree on so much. Mm. They agree. They have the same grievances. And if I could ever get them all in a room together, that may be dangerous for politicians <laughs> because they're going to turn on them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you optimistic about what's happening? Do you feel like there has to be this rise up on both sides uh, and a fight till the end? Yeah, you know. I do. I look, I, I have I'm a little optimistic just because of my faith. And you know, when you read the book, then you know the end of the story. So it's like, okay, when are we gonna get to the end of the book yeah. of us all coming together and uh being unified and all looking at each other by our hearts and not our skin colors and yeah. although you may see see someone's skin color, it, it doesn't affect the way you judge that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, to answer your question in a long answer, um, I have hope that we're going to eventually come together. I'm not sure we've reached rock bottom yet. Okay. And that concerns me because I, I, I think that as we continue to hit rock bottom, we become more and more isolated and we get we become more tribal. Yes. I, what what I'm trying to do, and I try to do this on my show, is to show both tribes that they agree on so much. And I, I, I wish the tribes would come together. Yeah. And, and when I say tribe, you know, I was just doing a story in Philly uh, about the crime crisis there. And you can have a cousin that is three, blo- a, a, a blood cousin, but he'll kill his other cousin because he lives on another block. Wow. So I'm not even just talking about across the country. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about from block to block people fighting one one another, whether it's from a ideology standpoint or from a physical violence standpoint. I think we have to find some way, and I'm working on this with my team, to start merging 
the groups together, bringing them in. I, I know they may have different POVs, but this is not a debate. This is a conversation. Right. And maybe we need to yell a little bit at one another and get it out to start mm-hmm. with. That way we can love one another. Mm. Um, and I think so often people are afraid to have those conversations because, oh, this is it's going to go off the rails. Right. But sometimes you got – it's kind of like in a relationship. Like One of my ex-girlfriends, he <laughs> 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 used to be like, ah! And then an hour later when the dust set, I said, yeah. okay, all right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was a little ass <laughs> I, you know, I should have taken out the trash. I didn't hear you. You didn't want my opinion on it. You wanted me to just say, hey, babe, I understand. <laughs> so <laughs> America is in is a toxic that? relationship right, right now. Right, right, right. And everybody needs to bring it down a little bit. Yell it out. for Yes. Get it out. Yeah. Bring it down and just talk to one another. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you love doing the show? I love doing the show. Good. I, I, I love doing the show because... Fox has given me the ability to be different. Oh. They say, go, I, you go around the country, you talk with people, you find the issues, and you try to come up with a solution with the people. Hmm. I, you know, Suzanne told me when, right before she gave me the show, she said, listen, LJ, I'm going to be honest with you. We... We, there's nothing we can do about your age. You're just going to grow as you grow. Yeah. So the only way we can do this, she goes, you haven't lived long enough. And she goes, the only way we go around that is getting you out there and talking with people. And she said, we're going to call this the LJ Masterclass. <laughs> I, I promise you, this is exactly what she said. And she goes, I want you to go around the country and as many of people, we're going to be in diners, you're going to be doing stories and talking with people. And you may not have the, all the historical knowledge from not living. You may have read about it. But you can talk about how the American people feel about any issue at the moment because you are there. That's right. And you talk to them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like about my job is that, you know, I was looking at, I was telling uh, one of our bosses the other day that I found it so fascinating the other day when I was guest host and Fox and Friends, that every story that we had in our will, that's what we called it through our show when we put it together, our rundown, the will, um, every story that we talked about, I had some personal connection with Wow. And I had talked to someone that was deeply impacted by the story. And I go, man, that is is wild. And, you know, J.D., I've I've hit every single state except for Alaska and Hawaii. (gasps) I've reported from every state. Last year, I traveled over 600,000 miles across the country. And it was totally worth it by the knowledge that I gained. Yes. From It's like a learn. It is a master. I'm learning so much from talking with our audience. And some of the people that I talked to didn't watch Fox before, but they're watching it now mm-hmm. because they realize there's a group of people that have some compassion for what they're going through. So I, I do love it. I feel very fortunate. And as long as they allow me to do it, I'm going to keep doing it. We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. I know you got to go, but this no. book. Yeah. Tell me about it. So I'm, I'm writing a book about manhood. Okay. And the the American man. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's so important to have this conversation about manhood because if you truly respect manhood, 
then you also respect womanhood too. Hmm. And I think so often they are in competition with one another, mm-hmm. but they God designed us all differently for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they're, they should be respected. And it seems like society is trying to merge both. And I think we've seen the results of that. And it's very dangerous. And so I, I'm going around the country talking with men that I deeply respect. And how can we get back to those principles? It's also a book of accountability to men, men as well. Mm. And us not taking our place. Like, I don't write the book in, in the, the spirit of that I'm perfect. I've also, I'm also talking about my failures as well as a man and what I can do to improve. And these men hold me accountable and we hold other men accountable and we hold society accountable. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's a great idea and very timely too. I hope so. Is it coming out on Father's Day? Oh, how did you know? <laughs> I didn't know. See, D- Janice just got breaking news without me. Yeah, it probably is going to come. It probably is going to come out. <laughs> well, to be continued because I want to hear all about it. It's yeah. a really good idea. JD, how are you doing? I know this is your podcast. I this how is my. Are you doing? I love this. Yeah. I I love this because. It brings me back to my roots. I started in radio and I want to have conversations with people, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and I don't have a sheet in front of me like, Lawrence, I'm going to talk to you about this and Mm -hmm. we're going to hit this. I just want to have like organic dialogue Mm -hmm. where I just want to get to know what you're doing right now Mm -hmm. and whatever we talk about is great. Um, I think we need more of this Mm -hmm. instead of sort of looking at this and Googling stuff and trying to be the smartest mm-hmm. person in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I miss the times that I would talk with my girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know, without any, without any, um, things to distract me. Right. 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 So that's what, that's what I like to do. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And this is the reporter in me. It's like, it's just me. I, I, I'm trying to be interviewed. And I'm like, I got a question for this. <laughs> After everything that went on with the nursing home and writing the book, and did you ever get the thought in your mind that I want to run for office? <laughs> like, seriously. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna, okay, I'll answer that, and then you can answer I that. I will, I will. So I was asked um, if I wanted to do that. Really? Yes. And you can ask your friend Sean Hannity about that. Cause I went to him to ask him oh, his wow. opinion. Wow. I'm not going to go into real detail, but he was actually very encouraging. He was like, you know what? We kind of need people mm-hmm. like you who have a passion for something. Um, and that can, you know, translate to representing people mm-hmm. wanting to do good. Mm-hmm. I just feel it's not the the right time for me to do mm-hmm. that. Um, that's not saying I would close the door because mm-hmm. I feel like I have a message. I feel like I'm kind of sick of the born on third base mm-hmm. already have got the name politician mm-hmm. and have been there for a long time. And that's mm-hmm. what's expected of right. them. I feel like we need more sort of hardworking people who have seen maybe tragedy in their life and want to do something out of that tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but not now. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. What about you? It's so funny because um, when I became a contributor, I tell you, these interviews at Fox, there's something else. Suzanne actually asked me, um, she goes, 
So, when are you going to run for office? <laughs> and I go, well, that's an interesting question. I'm like, no, I'm not running. And I'll tell you why. When I was 18, I ran for school board. And it, it, it showed me different aspects of politics. I always wanted to be a senator representing Texas. That was my dream growing up. It's like, I'm going to be a senator. But as I got into media, I realized that I don't want to be anything close to a politician. Mm. And I've seen them at their worst. I've seen some of them at their best. But I find it to be very toxic. Yes. And I see what it takes to win office. And it's ruthless. It's ruthless. And I want no parts about part. I, I want no parts yes. in that business. I tell you what I do love doing. I love grilling their asses. I love bringing them on. They hate coming on with me because I'm not here to be your friend. Yeah. I'm not here to, you represent the American people. Even this, you know, and, and I stopped going to political functions and parties um, after a legislator that I typically agree with got upset with me and said, hey, Lawrence, I thought you were my friend. Mm. And I said, that's where you went wrong. Wow. Because I'm not your friend. Yeah. I'm a friend of this audience. And my job, whether we've had dinner together or not, is to get answers for them. Even if we agree on 90% of the things, if there's a story that you mess up on, expect to get grilled on my show or whether I'm doing Fox and Friends. And so I I just made a rule that I, I don't endorse at all. And I don't go to any events with these politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do ride-alongs and stuff. You'll see me. And I, I, you may hear me say some kind words about a politician based on the experiences and how I've seen um, them conduct themselves with their constituents. But you won't see me at their fundraisers. You won't see me at their little get-togethers. It's because for me, and I'm not criticizing anyone that decides to do it, I need to keep this line between them where they understand. I said, I never have that happen again. Well, they assume just because we had talks and we talked about our family and all that, which I think is healthy, that they won't be held accountable on my show or any of the other shows that I'm guest hosting for just because we had a coffee or or dinner together. I I just don't think that's fair. I think it's smart. Um, And... But we do kind of need more people that aren't the typical politicians out there, too, right? But I understand. I Janice, don't know. They would hate me. <laughs> they would hate me in politics. They would because politics and in, 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 in the ways I've witnessed it is all about consensus. Mm. And sometimes it is going along with something for the sake of the party. Mm-hmm. And I can't see myself doing that. I'm the same way, though. I, I just... I, no. I, exactly. I feel the same way. Like, if I was to do that, I would have to be, I think, an independent. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and you know... And they don't like that either. They don't like that either. And I, I don't think I would... Honestly, I, I mean this truthfully. I don't think I would get elected. Yeah. And to, to just go deeper into this, to bring this conversation full circle... That's what people don't understand about Fox is that we have so many different personalities. There is not marching orders given to us in the morning and say, hey, you give give this talking point. You yeah. do this. You say yep. this. And I've done other networks and I know they do. It. Yes. I know other networks say, hey, you, it's your job to hold this position. I've never been told what to say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe Fox did this to me. 
good. Maybe, maybe they put me in a position where it's like, I, I want to keep my voice. I'm not going to get along, just go along to get along. Yeah. And I, I, that, that's the reason why I feel like I want to And I think most people are like that. We all have opinions on stuff that mm-hmm. aren't in a box. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it full circle, Jaden. You're the best, Lawrence. I hope that you know you'll come on the show again. You'll make the dean's list because Brian Kilmeade has only been on once. He's on- <laughs> Is that how I get up in the dean's list? <laughs> You're there. A second appearance. You're already there. Watch out, Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lawrence, for hanging out with me in the podcast studio. He told me he would come back to promote his new book coming out in June, if not before then. I just adore him, don't you? I'm so glad you're part of our family, Lawrence Jones. And you can catch him on Saturday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, hosting Lawrence Jones Cross Country on Fox News. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.